It's the ABC's High School Teachers Really Need to Know, episode number 16, Push Students in a Healthy Way. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe, or buy the books on Amazon.com. Was that strange? Did you think you were listening to the wrong podcast? I, I really, I just wanted to do an episode where I just mixed up the intro just once with some different music. Uh, there you go, just some some mild renovations. Now I really just wanted to scratch that itch and see uh, what it would sound like, and so I went with it. And uh, you know, as always, uh, it's it's good to do some things different every now and then. I hope you are having a fantastic week. Um, this week's episode is all about pushing students, and I'll, I'll tell you, uh, sometimes uh, teachers really struggle with this concept because, you know, how do you push students without nagging them, without, uh, you know, pushing them over a, a metaphorical cliff, for that matter, or pushing them to resent and hate your guts as a consequence? But in order to be successful in the classroom, you're going to have to push students. You're going to have to, at least if you want them to uh, uh, to, to be successful at the highest of levels. Um, and, and look, if you walk by my classroom, you're, you're going to oftentimes hear me coaching or thundering away with motivational talking. Uh, I'm also very notorious for uh, regular student one-on-ones and individual feedback sessions and just very, very, very thorough assessments. Um, I push them. In fact, it's funny. Years ago, one of my kids said, Mr. Bermucci, uh, you don't give tests. You give interrogations. And I, I just found that kind of humorous. Um, and, and, and my point in saying and these things, you know, all these things that I said about being, you know, thorough in my assessments and thundering away from my classroom at uh, coaching them up and all those kinds of things is, is that I hold myself and my students at a pretty high standard of learning. I really do. They will learn my material. They will. I'm going to make sure that my assessments reflect that. Uh, if they're not doing well enough, I'm going to one-on-one with them. Um, if, if, if they're, you know, not being successful, uh, and even if they are, uh, you know, they're going to get one-on-ones. If, you know, they are running a little bit, you know, below the curve, or if they're, you know, at the top of the curve, they're all going to get feedback from me, and they're all going to uh, be pushed to be successful. You know, I, I, again, I have a pretty high standard of learning, and I think everybody should. I think everybody in our profession should. And that's a standard that is both consistent and non-negotiable, and I've talked about that. You know, my essential questions are non-negotiable. And so while there's no ceiling to what students can learn, there certainly is a floor. And, and I, I just want to say that again. There is no ceiling to what students can learn in my classroom, nor should there be for yours. But there has to be a floor. A non-negotiable floor. I like to quit back that, and you know, at my kids that I always like to tell them, you know, success is not optional. You will succeed, even though that success is going to look different. You will succeed in my classroom, and I want them to achieve and perform at their best. And again, that's non-negotiable. But in order to do this, to achieve this, I'm going to have to push students in a healthy way. I have to push them, or they're not going to get there. But before you can push, and this is the part that you have to really hear me on, students have to be convinced that you care about them as people. There should be no doubt in your classroom that those those kids the kids know that you love them, 
There, there can be no doubt. If there's even a crack of doubt, you're not going to be able to push them. And so if you don't have a strong relationship, they won't likely give you their best. Or even the time of day for that matter, especially in this world of even shorter attention spans and technology that can do so much better than we as individuals can do. Except be there for them and be the glue in their world. At least in the world of content and sometimes beyond. So I I would absolutely urge you to focus on delivering constant constant kindness and empathy and compassion as opposed to just giving assignments with red pen marks and um, and you know and all the other stuff that just makes you know stereotypical school school you know go beyond that and if you do go beyond those things once they believe you're invested in them and not just today but for the long haul I'm telling you amazing things are going to happen in your classroom and and that's true it just is but but when you say push them and this is where I get asked a lot of questions when you talk about pushing students what does push actually mean And so this episode is primarily going to focus right there what exactly does it mean to push students well first when I say push students you need to push students to push themselves okay everything you do should be focused on helping students find their own intrinsic curiosity and motivation they must connect with purpose which means you have to have to connect all of the knowledge and skills to their world I cannot say this enough if they don't find value in what you're learning they're just just less likely to learn it you know you have to help them see the path and then urge them to follow that path and then go beyond that path and so when students want to succeed they're usually gonna find ways to do it and you know that I know that if kids want it they will achieve in most cases so they gotta want it and so your job is to connect and your job is to push them to push themselves you have to help foster curiosity and motivation you do that through your lessons you do that through your class layout and all the things that we have talked about extensively but you need to ask yourself do my kids find motivation in my classroom do they have opportunities to be curious and explore and if you the answer to that is no in your classroom you're not going to be able to push them as far and they're not going to achieve it high, as high a level and that's just true also it's important that you push don't drag very big distinction don't nag them to death don't become just another parent that they have nagging them and on the other extreme don't do it for them if you find yourself doing either you're probably on the dance floor without a partner and and and, and again you just that that's not fun for anybody you know don't nag them don't do it for them strike a balance and again this is this is the whole point of why relationships are critical know that your students you know are at the center and and you need to know who they are and make sure that they know you're in their corner show them that you're gonna work hard for them and subsequently kinda make them 
want to work for you. Make it hard for them to kind of let you down. If everyone, if everyone around them is pushing them, including their classmates, they are more likely to push themselves as well. You know, it's interesting. You ever hear about, if you've ever seen the movie Seabiscuit, it's kind of interesting how this is this is a movie about the famous horse horse race um, or the horse I cannot even say it the racehorse and Sea Biscuit was a wild animal and they had to kind of tame him down and they helped tame him down by putting a horse that was a little bit calmer in the stable with them. And I, and I just love that aspect, and I kind of love that comparison to students. You know, if you have a culture in your classroom of success where kids are motivated to, to push and succeed, um, becomes in, infectious, contagious, and suddenly more people want to be successful. You know, that's one of the things I'll tell you. You know, a lot of schools, uh, you know, they separate honors kids, you know, quote-unquote honors kids, and quote-unquote regular kids or whatever your school uses to differentiate those. Um, there's some advantages to that, but there's some disadvantages. And one of the disadvantages is that when you put high performers separated from low performers, uh, there's less of a magnet to performing better uh, in those, in those quote-unquote regular classrooms. And there's not much we could do to change the system, but I do want you to realize the importance of putting students you know around other students that want to achieve for whatever reason and several years ago uh, the school that I was working at they did this very thing they, they mixed honors kids and regular kids and of course there, there, are, there are disadvantages to that you know in, in, in a lot of minds uh, but one of the byproducts that was fantastic in this particular class was that um, it seemed like all of my bottom uh, in the grade book were elevated because when you're in a classroom of say 20 and 16 or 17 of them uh, really 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 want to achieve those other two or three are going to want to achieve as well if at the very at very least just to, to, to avoid looking like they can't and there's something to be said about that uh, I teach a class in engineering, and it's a project-based class, as are most of my classes. But the, what makes this course unique is that it's purely driven by a junior-senior design project. Uh, there's some other threads, but that's the primary thread in the classroom. And it's really interesting because I set up the classes as an organization, you know, a, a, an engineering firm. So there's a CEO, CFO, and COO, and there's all these different departments, and everybody has a role. And in their role, they're empowered to do their best and to contribute to the success of, to the overall company, real world, right? And what's unique is everybody gets into their role based on what they've applied for. You know, and uh, and it's fantastic because what that makes it possible for them to do is to use their strengths, build on weaknesses, but use their strengths to contribute. And I love that. And the reason I'm mentioning this is in that environment where everybody's working towards a common goal and everybody's working with their strengths, 
but also working to get better at their weaknesses, uh, you see some pretty great stuff. And so that's that environment, that culture of success that I'm talking about. So again, if you want to be able to push students, you've got to have that culture of success. You don't want to simply drag them, nag them to death, and you certainly don't want to spoon feed it and do it for them. you got to motivate them and then therefore design your class, your lessons, your environment, whatever you want to say, to, to promote the things that will indeed motivate them. So again, that's just one example of how I achieve it in one class. But you've got to do that inside of your classroom. Also, push to build, not to destroy. You'll notice that in the beginning, um, you know, of, of, of the podcast and in the title, I talk about pushing students in a healthy way. I'll just kind of cut down to the chase here. I can't stand to see teachers, or anyone for that matter, uh, work to tear down or break down students. It's almost always better for teachers to take a coaching role. And, and of course, coaching involves being a resource as well as offering support and constructive critique, but the focus is on development. That's the difference. Tearing and breaking down students doesn't focus on developing. Okay, it it just really doesn't. Um, It may yield to compliance, but it usually shifts all of the control to the teacher, and that's not very student-centered, obviously. And, and breaking down students just absolutely annihilates trust and completely makes it impossible for you to push them in the ways that you're trying to push them. So when I talk about pushing students in a healthy way, I'm talking about establishing great relationships, coaching them, developing them, and then making it possible for them to succeed. You want to make sure that you push to reinforce learning and skill development, not bad habits and excuses. So everything you do with students should be about getting better, not creating or condoning bad habits and excuses. Kids, just like any other human, tend to develop these bad habits if they're allowed to. So sometimes they, you know, these bad habits, they kind of come ingrained in us. But either way, teachers have to be proactive and basically planning their classroom and tracking student progress. Notice patterns and then hold students accountable. You know, notice those patterns not only in your content grading, but is there that student that's always on their computer and off track in your class? Maybe they're always doodling or reading posters on the wall or on their cell phone. Notice those patterns and then hold students accountable. If you've got students that love to tell stories or Patterns where they're slow to turn in their work, you know, deal with those things. You know, a good example of kind of reinforcing good habits in my classroom is my submission policy. You know, if a student doesn't turn in an assignment, I don't just give them a zero and say, well, you know, uh, best of luck next time or worse, say nothing at all and move on. It's just not what I'm about. You know, all students are required to turn in work to me without a doubt. You know, I require students explain why the assignment wasn't submitted. And then I build a plan for avoiding the pitfall in the, fu- in the future. So I guess what I'm getting at is in addition to not turning in the homework in the first place, um, the, you know, if, if I don't deal with that, then I'm creating 
a door for them to, you know, take the easy way out again and just not turn it in in the future. And I'm not going to do that. They're going to requ- I'm going to require them to turn in their work. And then I'm going to assign them additional things. A plan. Uh, you know, an explanation as to why it didn't happen. Maybe additional content. But they will turn in their work to me. And ultimately, for course completion, students, you know, they're, they're going to be held accountable for those things. Period. And again, once they know that and they know that success isn't optional, uh, you, you know, they'll, they'll begin to understand and work within the system that I've set up. And that allows me to push them. So the key here is that I'll do everything that I possibly can to develop good habits. You know, if a kid was picking his nose or, or sleeping in class, you'd correct that behavior, wouldn't you? So why wouldn't I do that with absolutely every aspect of my process? So again, the whole episode is about pushing. Push, 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 in a healthy way, your students. And what does pushing look like? Again, you got to push students to push for themselves. You know, you've got to motivate students to motivate themselves. I told you that it's important that you push, don't drag, or do it for them. Create an environment of success where it's okay and they're motivated to succeed. Push to build and don't destroy. Don't destroy. Coach them up. Develop. Push to reinforce learning and skill development. Not bad habits and excuses. Don't live in the world. Don't let your process make it easy for them to you know, conform to bad habits. Don't allow those things to happen. Hold them accountable. You absolutely can't push students effectively and in a healthy way until you develop a well-rooted relationship. Remember that. You can't go much further in this process in teaching if you don't understand that. If you can't push students, you're not going to get them performing at the highest level. And you can't push students until you have an absolute strong, absolutely just crack-free relationship with them. There can be no cracks. There can be absolutely no weaknesses in that relationship. They have to be absolute, absolute believers in you and your love and commitment to them. You have to understand, too, that these relationships, when they're strong, can withstand the, the inevitable academic adversity that's going to happen as you as you push them. You know, if you don't have that relationship when things go poorly on a test or a quiz or in a project, you know, they miss an essential question initially or it takes them a little longer to get there. If you don't have a strong relationship, uh, they're not going to look to you for support and resources um, as, as they struggle. It's easier for them to give up a lot easier for them not to be successful. And you can't allow that to happen in your classroom. Just keep that in mind. So as you learn to push students in the right way, they'll also push you to become a better and more knowledgeable teacher. And that's kind of the after effect, right? In that if if, if you won't, you know, it's kind of your paradigm, your, 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 your perfect solution or perfect sort of environment 
in the educational system, isn't it? When 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 kids are pushed to perform at a high level, and in turn they're pushing you because they're asking questions that push your knowledge, push your ability. Uh, every, when everybody's getting better, everybody's learning, including the teacher. Everybody wins, right? You got to be able to push in a healthy way. And if you do those things, again, everybody, and I mean everybody, including you, are going to be a winner. Well, that is it for this episode. Make sure you are here next week for episode number 17, Quit When It's Time. Until then, remember to like, comment, and subscribe, or buy the books on Amazon.com. Until then, I'll see you down the road.